Welcome to another episode of Ghibli Jabber. I'm Nick and I'm here with Trevor. On each episode of Ghibli Jabber, we discuss one of the works of Japanese film studio Studio Ghibli through the eyes of a fan, that's me, and a newbie, that's Trevor. This week we're discussing Hiroyuki Morita's 2002 film The Cat Returns, about 17-year-old Haru, who after saving the life of a cat finds herself involuntarily engaged to a cat prince in a magical world where her only hope of freedom lies with a dapper cat statuette come to life. The dapper cat in this situation is the Baron, who, along with the lazy but feisty Muta, was introduced in 1995's Whisper of the Heart. But this is less of a sequel and more of a spin-off, reimagining two minor characters to create an entirely new adventure with a very different tone. This little film has the odds stacked against it. It's nestled between beloved Miyazaki films Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle. It's also a slighter film, narrative-wise, running a whopping 75 minutes, basically the same length as that TV movie, which we don't talk about anymore. Um, Trevor, did you find the relative simplicity of this movie works against it for you, or were you happy to spend a breezy hour wandering around a cute, magical cat kingdom? You know what? Um, The latter. It didn't... I mean, yeah, I think that the way you kind of position this movie is kind of perfect for what it is it's uh it's smack dab in between two of the most famous studio ghibli films arguably you know from word of mouth even before i watched these films and this film albeit it's not gonna change anyone's life it's not but while it's not going to change anyone's life it's not unbearable it's kind of (laughs) it's not yeah i mean like and I think and that fact, <laughs> I, mean, I think that the fact that it's that it doesn't overstay its welcome, like you mentioned, it's seventy five minutes. I'm I wasn't I mean, I wasn't clamoring for more, but I wasn't mad that I had spent seventy five minutes watching this film. Yeah, I mean I remember when we were talking about that T V movie, um <laughs> which was about the same length. You said mm-hmm. it sort of felt endless, you know, because mm-hmm. you had to stop and start and it was painful. But this one, I assume, was a pretty Swift viewing. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that that had to do with, um, it's kind of, nothing that happens in the film is, I wasn't surprised by anything that happened in the film. Like it's very run in the mill adventure saves the girl kind of film. And, um, but it was entertaining enough. Like there was enough that happened and there were like enough fast sequences and there was enough like good banter between the characters rather than the terrible, terrible dialogue that was in that movie. We don't talk about anymore. Um, mm-hmm. There was enough banter in this one that I kept things moving at a pace that I, I didn't feel like I was um, fighting to stay entertained by it. Yeah. I'm pretty, I mean, this, uh, I think this is one of the weakest um, Ghibli films, but it's, mm-hmm. it's such an easy film to watch. It's very, the, the fact that it's so low stakes and the fact that it, doesn't take itself seriously at all. It, you know, it understands it's like a silly, quick little movie. Makes it a lot more bearable than that other movie uh, to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's perfectly fine. You know, it's yeah the fact and also the, yeah the fact that it's like a comedy basically mm-hmm. versus the other ones which sort of demand that you take the characters and the situation seriously um, definitely works in its favor. And it's also this is a movie that you could easily show to you know. A, a five to 10 year old and they'll be sort correct. Of, it's a, you know, an easy diversion for, you know, a short amount of time They're 
attentions will be kept. Um, and they're like, oh, pretty, there's cats and there's the <laughs> magic. You know, some cats and some magic and some cute things. That's kind of, you know, that's yeah. all, all you need for that kind of audience. And I think that's all this movie really offers. And on that front, I think it works fine. Mm-hmm. And you kind of hit on something, a key point that I'd written down in a couple of notes was that most of the Studio Ghibli films that we've watched, I feel like they, they're they kind of like Pixar movies and that they, um, I don't want to make that distinction or that connection so much, but in the sense that they function at different levels. And I've mentioned this before in past episodes of this podcast, but it's like, as a kid, I can sit down and watch a lot of these Studio Ghibli, film, Studio Ghibli films and get something out of it in comparison to then being an adult and watch it with a kid, but I get something different out of it and it's just as entertaining. But the difference is, is that this one isn't so much like that. This one would definitely be the film that if I took like my niece or um, a cousin or something to come see this movie in theaters, I would be like, oh, okay, here we go. It's a full on kids film. Um, there's not, it's not, it's not functioning on several levels to me. <laughs> and so it's definitely not the type of film that I would actively watch again. But if I was, you know, like you pointed out, if I was with somebody who was five to 10 years old and I needed to entertain them for 75 minutes, an hour and a half, I'd pop this movie on in the background mm-hmm. and I, you know, surf the web on my phone or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, by that same token, I feel like, like you said, with the Ghibli movies normally sort of working on two levels or being, you know, engaging for people of all audiences. This is one that if I just saw it on tv i wouldn't it doesn't have that ghibli touch i don't think correct it, I, I, I would watch it and it, it, it seems like yeah like you say run of a mill sort of anime movie which could have been done like on the cheap by like a lesser studio it, it yeah it, it definitely feels a little bit out of that world um that that they usually sort of create so i which sort of stops you from yeah it stops it from being sort of a top tier yeah. and it, do, it doesn't feel like it has the the depth of character, animation, even story to sort of be worthy of being sort of, you know, re- talked about in the same conversation as a lot of his other movies. Yeah. If the Baron wasn't in it the, and you presented this movie to me, I would be half tempted to be like, this isn't a Studio Ghibli film. Like, because it just doesn't fill up the same caliber. Like this, like you said, I mean, well, not like you said, but I, this one could be a tv movie it could be like uh it's 75 minutes it could be like a special on nickelodeon or cartoon network or something like that um and function very well in that way so yeah i agree yeah absolutely you mentioned the baron who you um um brought up when we were talking about whisper of the heart as sort of one of the highlights his story did -hmm. you get anything out of him being reintroduced here? No. I like that question. Um, I wanted, I wanted more, I wanted the movie when it was called the cat returns, I wanted more of the movie to be about the Baron. Like, and so I thought it was going to be the Baron's story. Um, and that, but it, you know, it's, it's not the Baron's kind of a side character that helps Haru. Um, and I mean, okay. I love the whole like cat bureau aspect of the film that kind of made me laugh um but and you have this idea that there's like many more adventures that they have and this could be very episodic and um this is just you know one of the things the baron did 
which that's fine. But it, but I wanted, I don't know. The whisper of the heart was so serious with that aspect um, that I wanted more of the Baron story, but we didn't really mm. get that. Don't you also feel that they could have called it a different name and it, 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 there's no real connection to no, no, no. I feel like they probably wrote a thing about like a cat that helps her and they're like oh let's we had like a cat in a previous movie let's just like make it that cat I feel like that's that's, that's basically how it was that felt I mean yeah now that you say that that's kind of how it feels yeah yeah and like I mean neither of them had any real characterization obviously as a statue and a cat that was just wandering <laughs> around um, mm-hmm. so I guess they, well, they might as well as, uh, might as well tap into an, you know, a market that's already there. I think Whisper of the Heart was the highest grossing film in Japan that year. So it makes sense to sort of tap into that audience. That's true. I mean, yeah, even, I mean, yeah, the cat returns, I, like when I'm watching it, I never really think about what that title means, but it only really sort of, you only sort of understand what that means, I guess, towards the end. But then, you know, we find out that uh, Muta also was there i mean that they're both cats that returned right like it's not even it's like a weird sort of like the title doesn't really mean anything like it it's not that clear what what it's about and at the end that's not important right i agree and i kind of think that i mean now that you you i think that was very important what you said if the whisper heart was one of the highest grossing films if not the highest grossing film of that year i mean this makes complete sense that if they kind of took a story and massaged it and then took a character that was canon to Studio Ghibli and just put them in that spot because, you know, this wasn't even directed by Miyazaki or, Mm. um, and so it's kind of like, Oh, let's make this a little bit more financially viable and bank on a character that was already there and kind of a character that was beloved. So, and then call it the cat returns to make it seem like (laughs) this character's returning. I mean, it it can function on a couple levels, but it's, it doesn't, yeah, yeah, it's not totally clear. And, like, I don't think it really cares about being that clear with it either. But, yeah. Yeah. And I suppose for me, that element of revisiting those characters does, like, it, it might actually elevate it slightly. Like, my interest, I'm slightly more interested to get to those characters and mm-hmm. see what they do just because they existed before. Not that they, they, they were very important characters. But maybe it also adds a bit, like, ups the stakes a little bit more, adds a little bit more interest to what would just be like these random cats introduced <laughs> to this universe and something that, and they don't need to introduce them as heavily because we already understand why he's a statue and like we already have that backstory. So there's also that element of not needing to completely reintroduce new characters. So, I mean, maybe it does elevate it like a little bit, but they don't really, they don't really do much with the connection of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty strange spin-off to be honest but um yeah i guess it it works a little bit as much as this movie does work it works a little bit i agree what did you think about um the main character haru is Uh, she like in your does she get into your top tier of jubilee heroines (laughs) no definitely not um a little less uh strong with a female character in my mind there's a little bit of that damsel in distress um thing going on with Haru um and I'm gonna be honest like kind of just she's just forgettable for me Hmm. I like a lot of the sequences with Haru like (laughs) that's the movie (laughs) I exactly but I mean like specifically 
I mean, and I know this has nothing to do with the characterization of horror or the character of, uh, of herself, but uh, like when she goes to the cat beer and she's st- standing inside of it, I just kind of like love that visualization <laughs> of like this petite girl who's now huge standing next to like all these animals. I don't know. She's kind of, she kind of annoys me. There's aspects of her that annoy me as well. Like, I don't know. There's kind of like that immaturity of her, but I think that just comes with the age, but mm. I don't know. How about, how do you feel about her? I, this is one of the movies that I think, but pretty much after house moving castle, I've only ever seen any of the following movies twice. Max, this is one I've only seen once because oh, wow. it was so like throwaway. So I, I had like no real recollection of what her characterization was and she's fine. Like, I don't think she's, I mean, she's maybe a damsel in distress the same way that all teenage girls would be if they're in like a fantasy environment where they're like falling through the sky or something like that. But yeah. she, you know, she has some strength. Like she is, you know, on her own volition, she sort of saved that cat from, you know, being hit when she could have, you know, she put herself in danger to do it's that. True. I do like how, how like violent she gets with some of the cats. Like she's like shaking like that little messenger cat saying like, tell me what you've done. Like she's very like, she's not too, um, too weak. I don't think, but I, no. like, like, yeah. like a lot of young Ghibli heroines, which I, I like to a degree. She's also, they're always so clumsy. They're always just like falling <laughs> over themselves. Like so much. I think she's like a little bit too much. I think she does that. Like she falls into the rubbish a bunch when she was trying to like, when she's hearing that cat's voice. Um, I think think you can be relatable and not be constantly falling over, but um, that's kind of a quirk that a lot of, um, young Ghibli characters have, which is cute that they're not, they're not painted to be like, you know, unreasonably strong. Like they're still like teenagers, you know, you know, and I also like when, when she's in the, um, in the Baron's little headquarters and like he gives her like a little teacup and she's like, Oh my God, this tea is so cute. Like I enjoy that. She has like those little moments of, um, allowing her to be to feel joy. Um, mm-hmm. That's the thing that's always important. And she's like, she, she has some sassy comments and things like that. Um, so I, I think she's like, I don't think she's any worse than the material. I think she's like maybe slightly better than the material, but um, yeah, she's right. totally fine. I don't think about her. Like I won't think about her in a week's time. I'll be like, who? No. Yeah. She's very vanilla. That's the flavor I would give Haru. That's a great <laughs> flavor. <laughs> Once in a while. Why don't we move on to the storytelling elements of this? Um, what, what, just before I get into it, what, what were your thoughts on on this story and how it was told? It was very A to B to C to D. Like there weren't, kind of said that in the beginning, there weren't a lot of surprises with the story. Like it was kind of like, a, you know, she saves this cat. She gets a little bit overwhelmed with the the cats and their desires for her to marry the prince. Um then she hears this voice that tells her to do the thing. So it just felt like there was like a lot of beats that just went along. Um, mm. And it didn't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't find anything surprising by the film, even when it, you know, it's revealed that Muta is, you know, this criminal or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, like whatever. Uh, but it's also not like, I mean, right when the prince came back and the prince is like, what the hell's going on? It's kind of like, yeah, this guy's been on a power hungry, weird trip, <laughs> but I don't know. It didn't seem to, it didn't change my life. No, it's pretty. I mean, as we said, it's, it's very low stakes. I mean, I think it, it feels like they just started with the concept of like, wouldn't it be fun if it was like a universe run by cats kind of thing. And then right? create a plot to get her there. And I mean, it is, it is a cute concept. Like just all, 
that's what kind of makes it fun. It's just like all the little catty elements kind of, you know, like mm-hmm. the And I will say that I liked the um like the what do we call that? The rising action towards the end. Like right before like the denouement. Like I liked the um kind of the chase sequence up through the tower and they have to like get up to the tower. So like I liked those action sequences, even though they were very again seemed very run of the mill and you knew that they were going to blow up the tower or stop them somehow when they got so far ahead. Um, but it still was kind of like, Ooh, Ooh, are they going to make it? Are they going to like make it to the top? <laughs> so yeah. I did, I did enjoy that. No, I think it, it hits all the beats of like a fun little cute fantasy action movie. It's very like, and again, you can tell the, like, you know, when I was talking about spirited away and it's very, it doesn't sort of spoon feed you things about the universe and the rules and things like that. In this one, it's like, you know, the twist of the cat being the cat that sort of led her, the cat who was trying to warn her, you know, like the little voice of the cat being the one that she sort of helped out when it was young. Like all of those things, like, you know, we have flashbacks to that moment. I'm like, no, we know. This is like, <laughs> yeah, like, we get it. Plot device. <laughs> like, there's like so much sort of over-explaining of things. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's so clumsy, but you can tell that that's that's part of the element of it being sort of catering to children yes um they know their audience yes but at the same time i think i think kids would love spirited away i, I don't think children need to be um agreed I think it's down to it quite so much this is for very young kids i think maybe that's the difference miyazaki understands that even if kids aren't following the plot necessarily they'll be sort of drawn in by the animation and the world and like the magic and the fun design and things like that um, and the plot is not that relevant. Mm-hmm. But here it's like, there's only kind of that plot. Um, yeah. There's a lot of explaining of a very, very thin plot. Um, and that's where it kind of feels like episodic because the plot is so generic that it feels like it could be an episode of a television series. Like, oh, the evil cat king this episode. Next episode's a different adventure with, you know, the Baron. So that's kind of where, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Like, it's very... It seems formulaic. Um, yeah, the only thing that sort of keeps it going is, is the fact that it's kind of, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And there's lots of like, true, cute little semi-funny moments. <laughs> you know, like like when they're um, trying to stop them from escaping the maze. So they have those like cats sort of blocking the thing, but then they all like stand in one line and then they sort of get pushed <laughs> over. And the yeah. king is like, I told them not to all stand in a line like that. Like, stupid thing. <laughs> Like it has enough self awareness that it's not um, that sort of boring. It very slightly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, visually, uh, it, yeah. It, again, it didn't feel quite quite up there. It, I, you know, I go to a few sort of Japanese film festivals, and it, it sort of felt like one of the sort of in, indie animes that would be shown at those festivals that like won't wouldn't get really picked up by like a huge studio. It's just like it's not quite there. Like the character design is not as interesting. The backgrounds are a lot less textured than something like Spirited Away or How's Moving Castle. It just feels, it, it feels a lot flatter. Um, what, what were your thoughts on? I agree. Movie? Even with, even like around the castle, which I mean, I go back to that because that's probably my favorite sequence, but like even around it, like it seems like it's very opaque around the castle and there's not a lot of attention to detail with that. And even with like the maze, like, I mean, they showed the, they showed the detail of the maze, but like, yeah, I agree if it was like in a, a spirit of the way like i'd see every you know stone that was in that maze or something like that so 
I agree with that. But I do think that there were some like, you know, beautiful moments. And, and I know hmm. that, that you weren't saying that there weren't, but. Um, Stop I, twisting my words. I, swear I know I'm twisting your words. Um, like I really like when she first kind of, I love the chase sequence when they're like chasing and then all the cats came and grabbed uh, Haru yeah. and they're like chasing her and they're just like popping through all like the teleports. And I, like, I loved that whole sequence. I thought mm. that was really fun. Um, and I know that, I mean, I liked the visuals of that. And I guess once she finally like gets to the cat kingdom um, and all the cats are there and she's like laying in the grass, like I thought that was very beautiful. Well, should we get to our um, favorite shots and favorite sequences then? Yeah, let's do it. You go first. Um, favorite shot was probably right at the end um, when she sort of she's just sort of climbed up the tower and sort of gotten through back to sort of her universe, and then she's sort of like falling to the ground. It's a very it's a very nice shot of um her sort of falling, and then the town below her sort of getting brighter because like the sun's rising. Um, that was a really nice shot, and then I think all the birds start coming along and sort of help her down. Um, that was sort of that felt a lot more dynamic than a lot of the other um, sequences and shots that came before. I thought it was very pretty. Um, favorite sequence. It's just, it's just such a stupid sequence, but like the, the series of um, acts that they have in the, within the kingdom to try to make cut Haru laugh. Like the King tries to bring in these like jesters or something yeah. to sort of entertain Haru, but she's like so sad. So the King just keeps getting upset at like the, um, the quality of the acts and keeps like, and like throws, keeps keeps throwing them off the building and things like that. Like yeah, like there's like a like a knife throw or something, and then like he's like throwing the thing and it like cuts off the dress of the um <laughs> of the model, and he's not and like just they just keep getting thrown out of the building. Like it's such like a silly easy joke, but um it, it was doing it for me. <laughs> yeah, it shows how sort of it doesn't really take itself um, very seriously, and it can have these cats being just thrown off a building and you don't really care. Like mm-hmm. in a Ghibli film, you like. They'd make sure, like, no, in, in a Miyazaki film, they'd make sure that the, we see that the cats aren't dead, you know, like in this one, <laughs> they do, but this one, it's obviously, it feels so cartoony, and that's the weird thing to say about Yes. But whereas all Miyazaki films, even if they're silly, take the, like, the physics and the realities of the world very seriously, this one feels more, you know, Saturday morning cartoon. You can just have, you know, Wally e. Coyote throw, you know, throw off the building kind of situation. <laughs> Low stakes. Yeah, and even with like the um at the beginning, there's like that little parade of the cats down the street, and there's like the security <laughs> guard cats, and they're just like throwing the cats like back over the um the the their fence that they came from. It's like it's such a silly moment, but like yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoyed those. What, what about your favorite shots and sequences? My favorite shot would probably be her inside the cat bureau. Like it just was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like come on in, and then like she was like okay, um, and just like, her. Kind of Rings, so. Yeah, and, I, I, and, it, and it reminded me very much so of like Alice in Wonderland. Like she looked like Alice in that moment for me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, eat me or whatever. And so yeah, I thought that, that I, I liked that shot. And then my favorite, I, I, and then the, the other shot is like when she finally gets to the Cat Kingdom and then they're in that field and there's like all the other cats around. And um, it was it Yuki it was like talking to her. She's like, you gotta get out of here. Um, I like that shot. Yeah, but my favorite sequence probably all the cats like taking her to the cat kingdom, mm-hmm. like jumping through the teleports. Like that's fun and watching the cat baron and uh, I forget the crow's name, but the the yeah. The, yeah anywho, but like the chase sequence, like I thought that that was it was fun. Yeah, that is a fun sequence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, before we go to our scoring, um, are there any connections you want to talk about beyond the obvious one with Whisper of the Heart, which is barely a connection? Had, do, you, do you see this as similar or particularly different from some of the other Ghibli films? Um, other than we kind of touched on like Haru being a character that is very much her age. Um, and so I think that, that, that there's a continuation there. And then, uh, but I do think this one stands out in that it seems a little bit more cartoony. Like you said, like it just seems less like most of these studio Ghibli films are founded in fantasy or some aspect of them are, it, but this one definitely feels like it's just pure fantasy and there's no yeah. sense of realism in it. I mean, I mean, this came out a year after Spirited Away, which is another film about a young girl from the real world entering like a magical universe and then trying to get back out. I mean, it's it's basically the same plot, but correct. If but so much more high stakes at all, you know, you don't watch this and think, oh, it's another one of those because it just it's on like a different level on like on every front. It just feels so different that you're not even sort of relating the two, obviously, when you watch them at all. So, I mean, that's the only, yeah, they're the only real connections I can think of. She's not, she doesn't really relate to much of the other um, female heroines. And yeah, the, the, the plot is very much more straightforward and cartoony than what we've seen before. Uh, so what did you give this out of um, 10? Should I guess? Yeah, please do guess. You're pretty harsh. So it's hard to tell. I'm going to say 4.5 or 5. No, I'll give it a 5.5. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, like um, you said, and my justification is that I wasn't. While it didn't change my life, I wasn't terribly bored ever, and I'm not. I wasn't like offended by any aspect of the film. Like I was offended by some of the ones we've seen prior, in the sense that I'm like, why does this even need to exist? <laughs> so, like, this can exist, and I'm okay with that. But I won't ever watch it again. Okay, I mean, you gave Porco Rosso 5.5. Are you saying these are the same quality to you? Um, yeah, to be honest. Like, Porco Rosso, wow. I just, I mean, I just don't think I ever need to watch that ever again. <laughs> I could feel like it was kind of the same. Like, there wasn't, any, we don't need to go back and talk Wrong. about Porco. <laughs> just visually, like, it's a much more... But it's also like, Porco Rosso, why is he a pig? And this one is like, why is the Baron here? Why did we have to choose this character to come back? Like... There's just kind of some same beats there for me. Okay, I don't really wrong, care about them. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll accept <laughs> your right as an American to be wrong. Um, but <laughs> apart from that, yeah. Uh, well, what do you think I gave it then? You're pretty, you know, you give the same basically three fours always. Uh, I think you gave it, I think you gave it a seven. And I gave it a six. Um, oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think this is in the lowest tier. That's probably going to be like, three or four that get around this. Um, and this is one of them. Yeah. No, it's so, so throwaway for me. Um, yeah. Again, it's enjoyable enough, but as a movie, I don't think it's particularly good, but like it's a breezy, colorful fantasy with cats and it's quick enough. So um, it is quick enough. It's right. much more um, easier to get through than a certain washed out character drama from 1993. <laughs> that was a TV movie. Um, my favorite one so far okay well i think that ends our discussion um 
I finally bothered bothered to set up an email. I don't think anyone's going to um, email in any feedback or anything like that. But if you do have any feedback about this episode or any others, you can send it to ghiblyjabber at gmail.com and we can discuss it in a future episode. But Trevor, I will chat to you next time when we discuss 2004's Howl's Moving Castle. Bye. Bye.